Hello everyone. Last week I spoke about how we respond to relational mess. Today I want to talk to you about forgiveness. We've been following the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis in the last few months. And in last week's episode of Closed on Sunday, I spoke about the moment when Judah steps forward and says to Pharaoh's prime minister, who he doesn't yet know is his brother, take me instead of my brother Benjamin because my father would go to the grave with a grey head. We pick up the story today at the beginning of chapter 45 and I'm going to read to us from verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants and he cried out, make everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one, who, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will not be ploughing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honour accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him, weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. As Christians, we can see in and through this passage three responses to mess, three ways of attempting to approach forgiveness. The first is that of Joseph, who responds as if it had never happened. In verses 7 and 8, he said, But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Joseph puts a positive spin on it, which he's likely to do because Joseph, through his own journey, is able to see the sovereignty of God in the midst of all of the mess. This, though, comes back in the story later on. In chapter 50, 
and verse 15, we read these words. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent a word to Joseph saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I asked you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Because Joseph behaved as if it had never happened, as if all the things didn't happen in this first incident in chapter 45, the brothers are left not knowing that they have been truly forgiven. It's like carrying an injury that you haven't properly rehabilitated. When I broke my right wrist falling off my bike, I think it was five or four years ago, I didn't do the rehabilitation properly. And so whenever I bowl using a cricket ball, my wrist hurts. I'm sure you or somebody you know has had an injury where they haven't done the rehabilitation properly. And it's like this in relationships. When we behave as if it had never happened and we gloss over it, we put a positive spin on it. At some point further down the line, pressure might be applied to that relationship. And we haven't properly done the rehabilitation and revisited what has happened and sought forgiveness for those moments. So one response that emerges out of this passage that we can echo in our lives is to behave as if it has never happened. Another response is that of the brothers who behave similarly as if it had never happened but from a different perspective. The brothers in this passage don't make any confession. At no point do they say to Joseph, we are so sorry. We sold you into slavery and we should never have done that. At no point do they say sorry. So they behave as if it had never happened. In the English language, we have phrases to describe this approach, such as sweeping things under the carpet or the elephant in the room. When we fail to talk about things that are present and affecting people. Maybe at some point in the future we might use a phrase such as statues on plinths, referring to the way in which we have erected statues to remember people actually who perp perpetrated acts of ill that damaged the society in which we live today. Racial injustice in our society is a fruit of us behaving as if it never happened and it has come back to us how will we respond do you 
in your everyday life, when faced with your mistakes and other mistakes, behave either like Joseph, as if it never happened, putting a gloss on it, a positive spin? Or do you behave like the brothers, hoping that nobody will notice and will never have to talk about it? One of the early church fathers, a man named Ambrose, says that when we read this passage, the self-disclosure of Joseph foretells the self-disclosure of Jesus. So just as Joseph reveals his true identity to his brothers, so Jesus, when he comes amongst his disciples in the hours after his resurrection, he reveals himself. I'm going to read from John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. Jesus, in that moment, reveals himself and he gives them his peace. He shows the wounds which mark his crucifixion and remind them of the way in which they denied him and abandoned him. They point also to the sin that was ours which he took upon himself. The punishment that was ours he took on himself and has brought us peace. It is the peace of God that enables us to then come to one another in peace. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about the fact that it was him, Jesus, who was made to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And in that same chapter, it talks about us being ministers of reconciliation. It's a picture of Christians being a people who are at peace with God and ministering that peace to one another and to this broken world. When we do that, it is as if it had never happened. Let me give you an example of that. Just this week, in my heart, I was feeling troubled about how somebody had behaved towards me a few years ago. And I thought about writing a letter. And so I did. And I prayed about it. And I thought I was doing the right thing as I wrote that letter. And then when I finished the letter, as I prayed, I felt God say to me, burn it, forgive them and move on. I have no control over that person's response to me. But I do have control over my heart and how I am before God. If I am at peace with God, 
I can offer that peace that he gives me to other people regardless of their reaction. So today, as we think about what it means for us to minister into mess, and as we think about what it means to bring forgiveness, ultimately we come to this very simple question. Do you have peace with God? Once you have that peace, it's something that you can share with others. The good news is that in Jesus, we have peace. Let's pray.